0: This is a podcast from Rover.
1: The Edge with Sharon and Jade, and We are joined on the phone right now by a very special guest. He's a stress and mindset coach and an author of a few books and more most recently, a book called Curious Habits. Please welcome to the show, Luke Mathers.
2: Woo! Luke!
1: Wow, that's just the a-
0: Best intro I've had for ages. That was oh. magnificent.
1: That's oh. that's what I aim to do with all of our guests, Luke. Well, actually, no, not all of our guests. Sorry, I make you feel special. What have I done? <laughs> <laughs>
0: I've, I've felt special anyway, Jaden. Thank you very
2: much. Well, Luke, it is so awesome to have you on the show. Uh, I am so intrigued. I haven't had the chance to read your book about stress Teflon yet, which is one of your earlier books. But could you give it, like, how the heck do I become Teflon to stress? Because, my God.
0: Uh, it's a, Yeah, well, one of the first things and it's probably one of the biggest curious habits we have is we look at all stress as being bad and we straight away, we look at stress and say something stressful, let's put it in a bucket, I don't want that and I think that's wrong, I reckon that's a really big mistake. Stress is awesome, stress is one of the things we need, without it, life gets dull, colourless and boring. Right, right. Yeah, you, know, you look at some of the greatest things in your life—the big challenges you've overcome. You know, things like a sporting event. You know, I'm am Australian, so you know we, we get really stressed watching the Wallabies every time they lose.
1: Mm. <laughs> um, must be must be suck. So suck.
0: you know, sports. Being a parent is ridiculously stressful, but we love our kids. Falling in love is stressful, but we love doing that as well. So I, I think one of the things about stress is we've got to use it and we've got to have it as something that's good, but we've got also got to make sure we let it slide off and. In stress Teflon, we talked a lot about that. We talked about a fair bit about that in Curious Habits as well.
2: Yeah, because well, we've got you've got your new book out now called Curious Habits. Uh, if you want to get a copy of this as well, just text book to three three four three, and we'll send you back a link of where you can find it. But you talk about like bundling habits together. What does that mean?
0: Yeah, well, quite often we have habits that we know we should do, and we have we definitely have habits that we want to do. And I like to, I like to try and work out ways to put those together. Um, I love reading. One of my one of my sort of trademark traits is I want to be curious, so I love reading. And I know I, I know that if I don't exercise, I get a bit cranky, and I know if I don't exercise, I don't sleep well, and and my food goes down the toilet. So what one thing I do every morning for an hour is I ride an exercise bike and I read a book at the on my Kindle at the same time. So what I'm doing is I'm doing the the thing I should do, which is the exercise, which is the thing I want to do, which is reading the book. And I'm putting the two of those together and I'm actually really enjoying it. And why would I not do that every day? So I don't have to force myself to do that. It's just it becomes part of my identity. It's just what I do.
2: Luke, what would you say to someone, you know, that's got a, a lot of, like, really bad stress in their lives? You know, someone that's, you know, perhaps lost their job, there's a family member sick, you know, there's the, the kids are crying, they can't afford school uniforms, things like that. There's a lot of real stresses. How how would you cope with that?
0: First one with that is to be able to sort your biology out in the moment. You need to be able to sort of get my, get my head back in the game and get my biology sorted out because when... When your fight or flight response is full on triggered, so you're you're in fight or flight mode, the part of your brain that actually makes the good decisions and and lets you know what a good response would be comes offline, so everything just becomes reactive. And what happens when we get really stressed is we become defensive and we become dumb. We don't make good decisions. Yeah. So to find there's a few different ways that you can get your biology sorted out. Um, one is to move, the fight or flight response. You know, is to get us to move. So to go for a walk or something like that is, is a really good way to do it. Um, breathing also does it. Your your diaphragm, so breathing into your stomach. I have a, a thing where I get people to breathe as if they've got a balloon in their stomach and they want to blow the balloon up as big as they go and then gradually let it out. And so breathing into your stomach can help. And using a peripheral vision. So one of the, one of the things that stresses us out is constantly looking at, at detailed things like phones and screens. So, by going for a walk and looking around and looking using our peripheral vision, that can actually calm the farm. So, to have ways to actually calm your biology in the moment and then be able to say, okay, what's the decision I'm going to make deliberately rather than just reacting. Out of fight or flight, I think can be a really big thing. Yeah.
1: This is fantastic advice. And I like how you're saying to use the stress to your advantage because this goes against uh, a motto that I've been saying for a lot of my life. And I, I want you to dissect this motto and, you know, maybe because uh, after hearing you, I'm thinking, geez, maybe I've been wrong my whole life. But I've been living by the motto stress is like a rocking chair, it gives you something to do, but it gets you nowhere.
0: I reckon I, I, I've heard that quote before, but I've always heard it with worry. Oh, okay. I don't think stress is like a rocking chair. I think stress is is, is more like a jet engine. It can get you mm. fired up and get and you do stuff. Worry is like a rocking chair. That's um, probably right. I worry most got that is. wrong. <laughs> to, actually, to actually worry about things is like a rocking chair. It, you know, it gives you something to do, but you're not getting anywhere. True. But stress, on the other hand, if you if you have your brains linked together and you're thinking about things correctly stress can alert you to danger stress can and stress can actually make you sort of inspire you to move stress is there for two reasons it's there for motivation and it's there for for preservation Mm. so stress is designed to get us started and stress is designed to stop us when it gets too much and so what we've got to do is learn to be able to dance between those two i love
2: it your description of fight or flight just absolutely nailed me on the head. Because, so, uh, la- that sounded weird. But it was, like, last year I was in hospital. It was COVID. It was level f- level three and four. So I was literally alone for 23 hours a day for five weeks. Um, my husband, because we have another child at home, I was pregnant. He could only come and visit me for, like, an hour a day. So I was alone a lot. And I've been back at work for maternity leave now for about two months. And that is exactly what I have where I... I get now, because I was alone and in quiet for so long, I get really overwhelmed and stressed by noise, which sounds weird when you're working in a radio station, but sometimes it what I do is I literally kind of huddle in and just zone in on my computer and ignore everything around me. So how can you, like, trigger your brain to instead of, like, burrowing in into a defensive mode, get yourself out of that chair to go and deactivate the flight mode or fight mode?
0: Yeah, it's a re- there's a lot of parts to that question, but it's a really good one. First part that struck me is humans are not designed to spend 23 hours a day by themselves. So, yeah, yeah the, re- the response your body is giving to that is a pers- perfectly logical response to a- an environment that we're not meant to have. So we're tribal, we're meant to be around people. So it makes sense that you were really stressed in that situation, as a lot of people were. Mm. But so that's the first one. The other the other one, the word we the word you use there was trigger. And we use the word trigger a lot, particularly when it comes to anxiety. And I think we've got to we've got to get a bit curious about that as well. So have a think about it. When you pull a trigger on a gun, how much control over the bullet have you got once you've pulled the trigger?
2: Absolutely none.
0: Mm. None. All right. And one of the things that happens with a stressful response that we get is that we use it as a trigger to say, Oh, no, this is terrible. This is terrible. Now, the default is always to be defensive and that it's going to be bad. We go straight away. We all, I have a thing I call the fork in the stress road. And it, we always come to the fork in the stress road. And we, if we don't think about it, we're going to take the threat road every time. But there's always a challenge road as well. And we've got to be able, aware when we're at it. So. Oh. The second book I wrote was called Reset, and um, in Reset, I we had a tragedy in that one of my daughter's friends. She had these same friends since she was, six, you know, six years old, and one of them moved to a new school and never found her tribe and sunk into a deep depression and horrendously took her own life, mm. which was just awful to have happened to a friend of your sixteen-year-old daughter. Mm. And the second book I wrote with Ali, Ali. It was Zara's best friend. Zara was the girl that that took her own life, and Ali was her best friend. And Ali and I wrote a book together that was about teenagers and stress, and -hmm. it's called Reset. Um, You can actually download it for free from my website at lukematers.com.au, so it's completely free. Um, And we wrote a book that was all about that, and one of the things we came up with was a process that Ali called Catch, Wait, and Reset, and it was to catch the physical sign that you're feeling stressed. Mm Mm-hmm. What, what do you think yours would be, Jaden? What would be the physical sign that you're feeling that you're feeling stressed? Oh, your body. What would your body tell you?
1: Oh gosh. I I honestly can't even think.
2: I can tell what yours is. What? Just by working with you, you start um, like rubbing your nose heaps all the time.
1: No, I'm telling you right now, I rub my nose heaps because it's real. <laughs> it, it's itchy all the time. And then you thought my putting me putting my hair behind my ear, but it's because I've just got this one strand that's so annoying that I always have to put <laughs> okay. behind there. Mine
0: are- but something like touching your nose, mm-hmm. that that's actually a protective mechanism. You're putting your hand across your face, so you're right. you're protecting yourself a little bit with that. So what you could do is you could use that, that physical sign that I'm touching my nose instead of that being a, a, a trigger that you're feeling anxious, that mm-hmm. could be your cue to get curious about what's going on and what are my options here.
1: Wow.
2: So the,
0: what Ali and I came up with was catch, weight and reset to catch the physical sign that you're stressed. Mine's normally to get those knots under my stomach, which a lot of people get. That one,
2: yeah. Right. I hold what my would breath. You want to be, Sharon, mine is I hold my breath. I notice that I um I'm like when you were saying the diaphragm breathing before I start um holding my breath as I'm doing things. Like if I feel stressed and busy, I'll notice that I haven't breathed for a while, mm. <laughs> and when I do yeah, breathe, right. it's really All shallow, you really
0: shallow. Yeah, just in the top part of your chest. Yeah. Yeah, so what you do is you you'd use that as your catch. Your catch would be that I I breathe really shallow. Mm. And then the weight part of it, weight stands for what am I thinking? And so by asking yourself, what am I thinking? What's making me think that? And is this helping? What we're doing is connecting the smart part of our brain that can think in the future and can plan things out with the the emotional part of our brain. and It's kind of putting our brains back together a little bit. And then the reset is is the same as your computer. When your computer overloaded, it's control, alt, delete. Yep. What can I control? What are my alternatives and what do I need to delete? What do oh, I need to get rid of? Wow.
2: That and it's, a bit,
0: it's almost a bit like the serenity prayer. I don't know if you know the serenity prayer that God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. Mm. Oh. They use that one a lot in, in Alcoholics Anonymous, but it's a, it's a beautiful prayer. i you don't even have to be religious to get that it's such a lovely thing, then let's waste no time worrying about the things we can't control.
2: Yeah, that's a really good way of looking at it. It's interesting now I'm like thinking about it and and I do hold my breath and people that know me really well, they know when I'm anxious because I walk around and all you can hear me doing is going, (sighs) like I do this weird like, really loud exhale like i'm trying to get it out of my body it's really weird
0: (laughs) yeah it's actually your breathing your breathing is a really weird one because you've got to be able to control your biology in the moment so if you can actually work out when my stress response isn't helping how can i control that and you've got 610 muscles in your body and your diaphragm is the one muscle that's linked straight to the part of your brain that looks after all the automatic stuff, like all your breathing and your heart rate and your blood pressure and all of that sort of stuff. So by breathing into your diaphragm, it's sending a message up to your brain to say, look, everything's all right, calm the farm, we're all okay. But what you want to be able to do is breathe into your nose, into your diaphragm, so you're blowing up a balloon in your stomach, And then really slowly let it out. You want the exhale to be nice and slow and smooth, not that sort of shh. You want to let it out nice and smoothly. So concentrating on your exhale and breathing into your stomach are two really, really quick ways in the moment that you can actually get your biology under control.
1: Love it. Now, look, so your new book, Curious Habits, Why We Do What We Do and How to Change. I love this title because rather than calling it bad habits, you're focusing on... You know these things being curious, and, and I love one of the things you said in there. The curious habit is something that you've done over a hundred times, and think to yourself, "Why the hell do I do that?" I literally do that mm. every single day, and I don't. It's it's this weird. What's one it, of your curious habits, <laughs> Jade? Uh, well, I so I I have. He's a,
2: nervous about asking this question because you might find it inappropriate. Uh, yeah,
1: no. To be on, to be honest, <laughs> probably masturbating. <laughs> There you go. Well, that's a good stress relief.
0: <laughs> exactly. That's what I think, right? And- Actually, it's funny. My my wife. <laughs> my wife is Irish. Yeah. And I don't know how appropriate this is. My hey, wife I- is Irish, and she was at a she was at a 50th birthday party. she's in Ireland at the moment. She just arrived. And as I was saying before, I, I ride my bike. Um, I ride my bike and read a book for an hour in the mornings every day. And. Um, she FaceTimed me and I had the, had, the, had the camera sitting on the on the book and it was showing me and it showed all the books on my bookcase in the background and I was riding, my, riding the exercise bike and I'm doing and she's passing me around so sort of, sort of saying hello to all the cousins and she passed me to a cousin I'd never met before and this bloke looked at me and he could sort of see my shoulders moving up and down as if I was uh, on the exercise bike So he's going oh Jesus your man's having a wank in the library there <laughs>
2: I Love that! It's hilarious. God, that's so all
0: good. of a sudden, I'm getting I'm getting passed around this entire party, being told that I'm having a wank in the library.
2: Sure, <laughs> yeah, good. I love that. But oh. but it's, it is an interesting thing. Like when, when I look through the curious habits that you go through in your book, uh, there's so many that I'm I'm sitting here going, oh Sharon, you need to read that chapter. There's things like staying comfortable, expecting perfection, mm-hmm. procrastination, self talk that sucks, uh, comparing despair, um, and one that. I've seen talked about on Instagram quite a lot and I do really think a lot of people need to read about this is that toxic positivity and brutal optimism why do you why do you yeah, think that that's like well, a curious habit
0: uh toxic positivity I've, I've struck you know all of this sort of everything when you read a book when you write a book like that there's a lot of research that's really me search and um, the the toxic positivity that sort of, yo, know, I'm an optimist, I'm just gonna look at the bright side and stuff. One of the hassles with that is that we're destined to repeat the same stupid mistakes because we haven't actually learned the lesson. Ah. And I think one of the things about toxic positivity is that we get so caught up on, yes, I've gotta be positive, that we don't actually actually sit with it and sort of say, yeah, that sucked, um, that happened because of this, I'm gonna learn that lesson. And if we don't learn the lesson, you know, if we don't learn from history history, we're guaranteed to repeat it. And so to actually stop and not be not be so quick to jump to the positivity, but to be able to, you know, sit with the discomfort of the negative thing so that we can actually make sure that we learn the lesson that the negative thing was was designed for. The brutal optimism was, was a concept I kind of made up, which is that idea that, you know, this is gonna be really easy, you know, do six minute abs and all of a sudden you'll be able to you know, jump around in fluoro shorts and have a six pack and look <laughs> awesome by doing my seven minute ab workout. And there's a lot of marketing that goes in to say, you know, this is this is all going to be really good. And, and then when people fail, they beat themselves up for failing. And it was never going to be that easy. And it was never going to work like that in the first place. And that's kind of what brutal optimism is, that idea that this is going to be really simple and really easy. And I'm going to do that, and everything's going to be great. And well, no, sometimes some things are hard, and you have got to do the hard work as well.
1: True that. Now, Luke, I am a chronic procrastinator, and, and, I, and I know a lot of our listeners. It took me, it took you a long time to admit that. No, no, no. <laughs> well, I know a lot of our uh, listener pals will be as well, and I know there'll be some advice within your book. But what's like some of the top? Like, what, what's one of the, the best piece of advice you could give to someone that you know is just constantly procrastinating?
0: One is don't worry if it fails, mm-hmm. just accept the fact that it fails, just do it anyway. Um a lot of procrastination comes in a lot of forms, too. perfectionism is a form of procrastinating right don't don't delude yourself. The people use perfectionism as a bit of a humble brag, but perfectionism is one hundred percent I don't want to be judged, and so I've got to make everything perfect until it's perfect. I'm not going to show it to anyone or I'm not going to do it properly. So perfectionism is a sort of is, is a second cousin of that. Wow! But I, I'm a big fan of if you can if you can do it in 30 seconds, do it now. Um, if you can do if you can do it quickly, just you know, din dip it, do it now, and do it properly. And if we can get it, get into the habit of doing that, that can certainly help. Um, one of the things we talked about before was was self talk, and I have one of the one of the tools I think we all need to do is to de- develop an alter ego for ourselves. And I have an alter ego. His name is Carlos, and he's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I will ask myself every day, lots of times a day, what would Carlos do? Um, you know, I'm, I walk and check the surf every morning. So I, I walk down, the, down to the beach, and if there's rubbish on the ground, Luke might step over it. Carlos would pick it up and put it in the bin. <laughs> so what would the better version of you do? And the better, better version of Jaden would not procrastinate. He'd just do this thing that needs to be done.
1: Right. I like
0: wow, that. Wow. So, so to be able to connect. To get really clear about what the best version of you is, and then to connect with them when you're making a decision on whether you're going to do something or whether you're going to procrastinate, I think that helps a lot too. It's helped me a lot.
2: This has been amazing. so amazing. Like, I already went to therapy this morning, and now I've had this chat with you. I just feel like my brain has had such a good time today. And it's interesting; they all kind of like married together. Like, my therapist taught me this thing today, where it was um, validate, 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 change. And where you're kind of, and it's kind of what you were saying before, when you're like, yeah, that does suck. It does suck, and then you kind of fix the problem.
1: Wow. Yeah.
2: Rather than just like being positive straight away, like actually sitting in it for a second.
0: Yeah, you got. I think you've got to sit with the shit a little bit sometimes. Yeah. You've got to, we've got to be okay with that. And I'm I'm the eternal optimist. I live in a place called Luke Land where unicorns part rainbows and everyone's nice and everyone looks after each other and everything's wonderful. But <laughs> And the hassle with Luke Land is Luke still does stupid shit that he shouldn't do. So the moment you can actually sit and learn from the mistakes and learn from the other things, you know, the better you're going to be.
2: Oh, you are absolutely incredible. Now, if you want to get your hands on Luke's book, it is called Curious Habits, What Do We Do and How Do We Change? Uh, you can text BOOK to 3343 right now. We'll fire you back a, a link so we, you can get your hands on this, get it on your Kindle, and you'll also see Luke's other books there as well. So I highly recommend. That's BOOK to 3343.
1: Thank you so much, Luke Mathers. You're amazing. Sharon and Jaden, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. Woo! I'm enlightened.